Hi, everybody. Thanks again for joining the Selling From Why podcast. I'm your host, Andrew James. And on today's podcast, we are going to dive into one of the most crucial steps of the sales process for PEO sales, the business analysis meeting. On last week's podcast, we talked about the overall sales process and how it could be better used to enforce the value of the PEO relationship. And we've begun talking about exactly what that first step in the sales process is with the analysis meeting. Today, we're going to dive into that analysis meeting, exactly how do we use it to the benefit of not only ourselves as the salesperson, but also to the benefit of the prospect to ensure that we continue to maintain engagement with our prospect and create a substantial agreement with the overall PEO partnership. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Andrew James, and this is the Selling From Why podcast. So you've just completed an initial meeting with a prospect. It's went well. You have truly created engagement with your prospect through the idea of alignment. You've discussed and and uncovered the whys of the business. You've, You've learned about their goals, their dreams, their ambitions. You've taken some time to share with them your PEO story in which you have shared the why of the PEO and then uncovered a little bit more of the how, or in other words, the idea that the PEO is going to help the business through cost containment, risk mitigation, and improve productivity. And then you concluded your PEO story with a call to action, which is asked for a collaborative approach where both the prospect and the PEO are going to spend time learning a little bit more about one another to determine if there's a real fit here between the two and a possibility of a partnership. And in that final call to action, you've addressed the idea that the next step is going to be this analysis meeting. Now, on last week's podcast, we talked a little bit about the idea of the analysis meeting as the first step in your selling between events, those three meetings as part of your overall sales process intended to increase engagement through the process, create an understanding through agreement with the individual services of the PEO, eventually arriving at our final step, the proposal. But that that analysis meeting is a very crucial first step because it's going to help us define some of the activities that are going to go into the rest of our sales process, as well as help us uncover some necessary and needed information to ensure that our final meeting, our proposal, is really customized to the needs and the goals of the prospect. It's not enough to simply say that we understand what the business owner is trying to do, where they're trying to take the business, what those goals are. We need to understand what they're doing today within their business, what they potentially aren't doing within their business, and how they intend to use their HR infrastructure, their employment practices to achieve some of those goals in the future. And that's a lot of different pieces of information. So we're gonna start off by understanding a little bit more about first, who is involved in the analysis meeting and exactly when and where does it take place? So exactly where is it that the analysis takes place? How long does it take? Who is involved? All of those basic questions so we can begin to schedule our analysis conversation. So the quick and easy answer as to who is involved in the business analysis, the answer is pretty much everybody. While that might sound a little bit silly, it really is true. Anybody within the prospects business who is involved with human resources, employment practices, uh, any of those those necessary functions day-to-day or month-to-month that are, are, are non-core competencies of the business but related nonetheless to the employment practices of the business, those are all individuals that need to be involved in the analysis. 
So for instance, if we are dealing with a business in which the business owner is heavily involved in the day-to-day -day interactions with the employees, the hirings, the firings, the onboarding process, whatever it might be, we're coming back and we're revisiting with the business owner. Perhaps the business owner has offloaded some of those tasks to a CFO, the director of human resources, maybe an office manager. Anybody who is touching HR within an organization can and should be involved in the analysis meeting. Now, it doesn't mean that we are going to spend a large amount of time with each of those individuals. Realistically, the, the amount of impact or influence they have on HR within the business is going to determine the amount of time we need to spend with them. If this is someone who has a very minimal amount of tasks associated with HR or maybe only touches it on a rare occasion, we can either have a very quick conversation or potentially have that conversation almost in passing. But it does behoove as a salespeople to spend at least a little bit of time with anybody who's going to be involved in HR within the organization. The next question is, when does the analysis take place? And there's a couple schools of thought on this in my opinion, but my primary choice is that the analysis is analysis is going to happen immediately after the initial meeting usually within a few days or a week's time if at all possible now it can be conducted as part of one large meeting or it can be conducted over a period of smaller shorter meetings depending upon the availability of the individuals within the organization but nonetheless you want to probably make sure that that analysis meeting is occurring before any of the other additional selling between event meetings occur which is to say your SME meeting your subject matter expert meeting or your demonstration whether that be technology or HR some element of your PEO that you want to demonstrate the analysis is occurring before that because it's going to help us design those next steps in the meeting, who needs to be involved in them, and what specific information we need to be demonstrating. Once we've scheduled the analysis and we've found out who needs to be involved in our analysis meetings, the next step is really understanding what kind of information are we looking for. Now it's very easy for us to say that based on our sales methodology, we're wanting to find out how and what, but let's really understand that. What does that exactly mean? So if we say that we're trying to find out how and what, we're trying to find out what the company is doing in regards to HR infrastructure, we're trying to find out how their HR infrastructure works currently, we're also looking at what's not being done, how it is not potentially working, not just current state of the business, but we're also factoring in the understanding of the business's goals, what they're trying to achieve, what the potential future of that business looks like, so we can begin to uncover what they need to do, what they have plans to do what are they looking at and this is a very very robust conversation because again we're not just simply looking at the state of the business today we're trying to uncover the state of the business in the future and all of the things that are being done not being done what works and what isn't working at the same time we're trying to uncover costs we're trying to uncover risks so those costs can be hard costs or soft costs as I mentioned in last week's podcast we are looking at what they have potentially already chosen to outsource or offload from their business plate as well as what they're potentially still doing internally payroll is a very very common area that we see businesses choosing to offload or outsource to vendors or partners we also see this generally speaking within healthcare and insurance models. Those are costs or hard costs that we can begin to identify, but there are many, many more hard costs associated with, with the business analysis. The soft costs are much more subtle and will take more time to really define and understand, but a soft cost really comes down to the amount of time or energy that is being spent within the company 
as an effort by those employees that are, that are tied into the HR program, but are not core competencies. So in other words, if this is a business task or a business responsibility of an employee that is not specifically tied to the effort of the business to be revenue generating, we can call that a soft cost or something that is taking away from that revenue generation within the business. So we're looking for a lot of information here as we conduct this analysis. And this is also a step where we're going to really need to bring our business acumen and our understanding and awareness of human resource, human resource outsourcing and the services of PEO to bear. It is very easy for us to say that we're going to ask these very direct, straightforward questions of our prospect and the staff at the business. But if we're not able to also dig in and better understand the answers that they're giving us, we may quickly find out that we're not getting reliable information. So let's take a second and understand what I mean by reliable information. When I say that we're asking for reliable information from our prospects, what I mean by that is the idea that your prospect might not be completely aware that what they think of as good or what they think of as working is actually not doing any of those things. So let me give you a very quick example of this. In a recent analysis I did with a, a kind of a mid-sized prospect, a 30 or 40 employee company, we began talking about the process of how they were handling benefits administration. The HR administrator and the office manager who I was conducting a part of the analysis with assured me that their process of managing the benefits for the organization was one that was functioning perfectly. They had no issues with it. They had no questions. They felt that it moved very quickly. It was very easy to handle, and they really didn't need any support in that area. Now, what happened when I began gathering some documents and some information? I I collected a census from this group as well as some recent healthcare invoices. I quickly found out that they had actually been paying for the healthcare coverage of six employees who had not been at the company for several months. It was obviously a considerable cost. I want to say in the range of about three or four thousand dollars a month over the last three or four months that they'd been paying for healthcare programs, insurance programs, dental programs that had absolutely no value as they were paying for insurance for employees that had left the organization. They'd been terminated. It turns out that they didn't necessarily understand how to go about doing bill reconciliation with their healthcare. And because of that, they had been paying for, for a program for employees that weren't at the company. Now, if I had taken the information simply from what the prospect had told me and believed and, and relied on that information, I would never have been able to notice that there was this huge cost for the business as well as a, a huge opportunity for us as a PEO to step in and really be a support for this prospect. Now, we'll talk later on in other podcasts on the ways that you need to present those types of information when you uncover them, but again, this is where the analysis can become such a, a hard thing to, to, to accomplish within a business because you have to go on the idea that the people you're speaking to are not always giving you the most reliable information and it's going to come down to the salesperson's expertise in the areas of HR and, and employment practices to really dig in and uncover whether or not things that are going on within the business are being done correctly accurately, whether they are actually being done with the best interests of the prospect in mind. The next thing that we need to understand about our analysis is the idea of a structure within this meeting. In other words, how do we ensure that we are approaching the analysis with a nice uh, organized 
linear structure so that it makes sense, so that it's easy to follow, so that it flows nicely. Why is that so important? Because in any sales situation, any, any experienced or tenured salesperson will tell you that the best sales calls, the best sales meetings always become very conversational. It's a very easy back and forth. If the individuals that you're meeting with during the analysis feel that you are conducting an inquiry, an inquisition, if they feel like they are on trial, they're going to clam up and you're not going to get the best possible answers. So it's much easier to start with the idea of having a structure, a, a high level overview of the information that you're trying to go into, as opposed to really having a full outline of all of the different pieces of information you're trying to gather. And that's going to allow you to be a little bit uh, more flexible within the outline of the analysis. So for instance, if I want to talk about the payroll, how does payroll work, what does it look like, all of those different details as part of my analysis conversation, I want to understand that I want to have a conversation about payroll, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I have every single question outlined within payroll. Now, there, there's certainly, again, information we're trying to uncover as we just talked about, but it doesn't mean that we have so much structure, so much rigidity within our, our meeting that we eliminate the ability for us to become conversational. So it's very important that you understand that there's a good structure or an outline to our analysis, but it doesn't need to be so defined that it prevents us from being flexible within that structure. For me, the best structure I have found for my analysis meetings always revolves around the idea of pre-employment through post-termination. In other words, I take into account the entire life cycle of employment within an organization and I take it from that very first step when a business decides or begins to look at the idea of hiring an employee all the way through post-termination, how an employee is let go and what does the administration and offboarding of an employee look like within the organization and obviously every step in between. That is the structure I've used. Now it doesn't mean that that's the only structure. I have seen individuals break up the analysis structure into four different components where they are looking at the HR, insurances, healthcare, and administrative practices of the business. I've seen a, a number of different organizational structures of an analysis. It's important you find the one that works best for you, but just as important, you need to make sure that you understand all of the different service offerings of your PEO. So for instance, if your PEO does not assist in recruiting or does not assist in training and development, or it does not have a, a strong technology, those are obviously areas of the analysis you're not going to conduct because it's not an area that you're going to end up being a service or a solution for. So make sure that you design your analysis structure around the services your PEO offers, as well as mirroring it to the idea of the HR outsourcing solution as a whole. So that's kind of the nature of the structure. And what I want to do from here is actually begin to look at once you're in that structure, once you've sort of decided on the topics that you're going to talk about with this prospect, what does that conversation look like? How do you make that conversational? What are the questions you're asking? And how are you digging into, again, find out the right and real information from your prospect? Now that we understand the purpose of the analysis, the importance of it, as well as the overall structure of the analysis, the information we're trying to gather and who we've got involved in the timing of it, let's really dive into what it looks like to conduct an analysis and, and give you an example of some of those questions I may ask. Now for this process, I'm going to use two different areas of the analysis that I like to dig into very much. The first being recruitment and the next one being the healthcare and benefits programs of the business. 
And the reason why I like recruitment is because I think that this is an area that a lot of people tend to overlook, a lot of sales professionals tend to overlook during their analysis. But I also really like it because I think it does a good job of highlighting some really key areas where both hard and soft costs become very apparent. So when I first sit down with my prospect, regardless if this is the business owner, the CFO, the HR professional, a bookkeeper, anybody within the organization, if I find out that they have any involvement in the recruitment and selection of, an, of individuals for the organization, the first thing I ask is for them to walk me through what recruitment and selection looks like in the organization. And this is the first place I'm going to start getting a sense of how things are working, what it looks like, and the nature of, of that specific process within the company. So to start with, walk me through how employees are recruited within the organization. Walk me through the number of open positions you have right now, as well as you've had over the last 12 months within your company. Now, there's one piece I wanna start with here. The analysis, as I mentioned, is going to cover a great deal of information within the organization, potentially. It doesn't necessarily need to dive into all of these individual subjects when I say pre-employment through post-termination. There are going to be some areas of your analysis where there's not going to be a need, there's not going to be goals, there's not going to be any relevant drivers to the business's overall um, needs within their, their business organization. So it's important that if you start within a specific topic and you're not getting any meat, you're not finding anything to sink your teeth into, don't belabor the point, don't spend too much time on it, move along. Now again, that goes without saying that you also have to be sure as you're doing this that you are getting real information as we just discussed a few moments ago. So I've asked the prospect to walk me through recruitment within their organization. I've asked them to tell me about the number of hires that they've, they've had in the last month, the last 12 months, whatever the, the case may be. I also want to look at what positions are they recruiting for. How are they defining uh, things like the salaries for those positions? How are they getting the job descriptions for those positions? I also want to know a little bit about who's involved in the role of the recruitment process. How many people are touching that recruitment process? And then from there, I'm going to turn around and ask them about the methods that they're using to recruit individuals. Now, there's a couple of pieces of, of this that, that I find to be very, very beneficial as far as looking at hard and soft costs. The soft costs involved in recruitment are the amount of time and the amount of energy that the employees at the company are spending to manage recruitment, but the hard costs start coming into play when you begin asking around things like the actual uh, method that they're using to recruit employees. So for instance, are they using job boards? Are they using employee referrals? Do they have job fairs? Do they use headhunters, temporary agencies? And I'm noting all of this information down. So for instance, if I find out that an employer has three open positions on a monthly basis, that they are using two different job boards, and that there are three individuals within the organization that have to manage or go through the process of recruitment then I'm, I'm noting all of this information because that's going to equate to a lot of hard dollar costs as well as soft costs, the amount of time that's being spent on that. I also want to know how many candidates does it take to screen in order to hire an employee who is handling the actual hiring and what challenges do they have around finding the, the talent that they're looking for. Now, all of this is information that's occurring today. Now, what if I learned during my initial meeting that the business was potentially opening up a new location or was releasing a new product in the coming months and would need to hire uh, 10, 15, 20 new employees? I also want to know what that looks like. 
Who is going to be handling that? How is that process going to get managed? What solutions or services have they looked at or are they considering looking at? Because those costs, even though they might not occur for the business today, will be occurring for the business in the future. And that's important when we get to the proposal as we're going to use the idea of an investment analysis to help us determine really what the actual costs are for the business today against the cost of our solution. And we're going to be able to subtract the existing costs or the realized future costs of the business from our costs, our administrative costs as a PEO. So that's the way I'm going to tackle something, for instance, like recruiting. The next area I want to give a, a good example of during the analysis is the benefit offering or the benefit solution for the business. Now again, I am I'm skipping countless different areas of the analysis and I will go back and I will touch on all of the different areas in order that I, I use for the organization my analysis meeting. I'm just using two specific examples right now. So for the benefit offering or the benefit solution, where I usually like to start is asking the, the business to tell me a little bit about why they chose to offer benefits in the first place, what they like about their benefits, what they don't like about their benefits. From there, I'm going to learn a little bit more about the specific benefits that are being offered. So that could be healthcare, dental, vision, life, STD, and LTD are the most obvious ones, but you can also get into some of the less obvious ones, like a flexible spending account, 401k, EAP, commuter benefits, wellness programs. So there's a lot of other ancillary benefit offerings that a prospect may make uh, available to their employees that I want to learn about. I want to know how many healthcare options are being made available, what the employees feel about the healthcare option. Is it working? What were their, their recent renewals? What were their historic renewals? Were they above or below the trend? Some of this information I'm sharing with the prospect at the time, some I'm not. I also want to know how comfortable they are with the idea of looking at alternative benefit offerings. Who is involved in the decision to choose the healthcare plans? How involved were they? Did they have a broker that came in and really helped with the benefit solution? Did they do the enrollments for the employees? Did they do education? What was the idea behind the benefit offering when it was put in place? And what has potentially happened since then? For instance, a lot of prospects going through renewals that were very hefty, especially during the ACA or Obamacare, will have watered down their benefit plans in order to manage the increasing costs. And when you water down your healthcare plans as aggressively as some companies have been forced to, a lot of times what happens is you lose the value of the benefit plan altogether. So I want to learn about whether, where they see the cost versus value of their existing benefit options. And again, I'm writing down the costs of these things. I'm also asking at this time about things like who is managing benefits administration? I want to know what that process looks like. How long does it take? Is there a technology solution that's doing this for them? Or is this a very manual process? When have there been mistakes? What could be done better? So again, I'm looking into all of this information. I'm trying to find out not only what's working, what isn't working. I'm looking at the hard costs and the soft costs, but I'm also really trying to uncover this as a big picture. Where's the value behind these services and these solutions that are already in place or potentially missing from the business? Now, some people ask me, well, what does this look like when you have a company that doesn't have a benefit options or a benefit offering and maybe looking at the PEO to put those in place. It doesn't really change the conversation that much, except that I may bring into the, the conversation a bit more about the idea of benchmarking. What are your competitors doing? 
what what have they incorporated or do you know what they've incorporated within their benefit offerings that you'd like to be able to compete with or you'd like to to do a better job of have you ever lost an employee due to the health care coverage or the benefit offerings so again there's a lot of questions and a lot of meat on the bones of these subjects and, and it really does behoove you as a salesperson to understand all of the subtle nuances of each of these different subjects within the analysis so you can have the best possible conversation. So to end today's segment, one thing I wanted to do was introduce a guest to the show today. And I have her sitting here with me today. I asked her to give me some of the biggest questions she has around her analysis process, some things that she wants to know as far as how to really perfect her business analysis. And before I go into those questions and let her ask those, I just wanna give a second to introduce Kate to the call. Kate has been in PEO sales for about three years, a little over three years now, and is currently ranked number six in her national PEO. She is one of the top performing PEO salespeople in this PEO and is currently working on finishing up her year and making sure she starts off with a great January. So firstly, welcome to the show, Kate. I'm excited to have you on. I'm excited to have you ask some questions. Well, Andrew, thank you very much for having me on your show. I listen to every episode and probably multiple times as I find it extremely helpful. And you have asked me to have three questions ready for you. So these are the three that have been in my head the whole time I'm working, whenever I'm about to do an analysis meeting. So my first question is, do you have a set, quote unquote, checklist of questions in your head prior to the meeting? Well, that's a great question, Kate. Do I have a set list of questions that I am going to use or work with as I'm going through my analysis process? So the answer is yes and no, um, and I think it's, it's kind of an interesting answer. But yes, I have questions in my head that I know I'm going to ask, but I think what's more important is that I put together a structure or an overview of the analysis, and I use that to keep things conversational and allow the, the analysis to become flexible. Now, that being said, I do know that because I have put this together with a fairly rigid approach initially, I know the kind of conversation I'm going to have once I dive into each piece of the process or the employment process for the for the prospect. But no, I don't have a lot of very specific questions that I'm already predetermined I'm going to I'm going to be asking. And again, that's because I want to keep things relatively flexible, and because businesses are using so many different ways to approach their processes of employment these days that it's really hard to have. A specific list of questions. What I'm usually starting with is just trying to find out a little bit more about the process that, that we're talking about at that specific point in the analysis. Is it working? Isn't it working? Do they have plans to, to change it? What are some of the ways they would like to see it done differently? If it's something that they're already outsourcing, then that's always going to be a definite question on my list. Are, are you already using a service or do you already have something in place for this area of your business? And if not, walk me through what's going on as far as the amount of time, energy that you're that you're spending to to go through it yourself internally. So no, unfortunately, I don't have specific questions, but that doesn't mean I don't think it's it's worthwhile, especially when you're building your analysis in in the beginning to write out some of the dedicated questions you're going to have. Just don't pigeonhole yourself into a specific set of questions because that'll take it away from being a conversational approach, which I think is really necessary in the analysis. 
My second question is, what is one of the best questions to ask, in your opinion? Well, I will tell you, Kate, I'm definitely starting to regret that I asked you to ask these questions on the podcast. You're picking some of the tougher ones I've heard. Is there one question that is the best to ask during the analysis? I don't know if there's one specific question that I think is the best to ask. I will say there is one question I probably use the most often, which is asking someone to walk me through a specific area of the process. So for instance, if I think that payroll is a hot button, I think that benefits administration is a hot button, onboarding, offboarding, recruitment, um, employee reviews, whatever it is that I find that I think is, is going to be a hot button or a really big area of opportunity for this prospect, what I'll usually say is walk me through the process of doing that, that specific area. So walk me through your onboarding or recruitment process. Walk me through your, your healthcare program. Explain to me your healthcare program. Really just getting the prospect to open up and tell that story. And, and that helps you sort of diagram out where you're gonna take the rest of that conversation. Because you want the, the analysis to remain relatively conversational, that starts by them beginning with a conversation. So getting them talking, getting them explaining things. Feel out that emotional response that you're getting from from the the person that you're you're meeting with in that situation. But asking them to just simply walk you through the process, walk you through the way that they're doing things today is probably my favorite question. After that, the one thing that I would say that I like from there is tell me what could be done differently or tell me how things you would how you would like to see things done differently for your business. And that sort of gets them thinking about the idea of what it could look like in a perfect world. And that's a great question to ask because if you get them to say something that you know your solution or your services from the PEO are going to be able to do it exactly that way, it's, it's a great thing to bring back at the time of the proposal or even to use in your demonstration meeting where you actually take some time to really demo what it is that you could do differently for the prospect. So I'd say it's, it's a tough question. Uh, hopefully that's a good answer. I know it's a little bit of a, a cheap response for you, but asking the customer or the prospect to walk you through the specific areas that they're doing things or the ways that they're doing things and then asking how, you would, how they would like to see things done better or done differently is probably my other favorite question to ask. Okay, my third question for today is how do you know when or if you've gone deep enough into a topic? So that is another really good question, Kate. How do you know if you've gone deep enough into a topic? Well, I guess my first answer to that would be um, if you start getting some hesitancy, frustration, annoyance from the prospect as you're going through the questions, that's definitely a first sign that you are spending too much time on that subject. Obviously, if the prospect doesn't want to continue having the conversation with you, you're going to start getting bad answers, wrong answers, frustrated answers, and that doesn't help you or the prospect in any way. I think you have to remember all the time, this is going to feel a little bit like an inquisition for the prospect. It's going to feel like they're on the jury stand. You want to try and avoid that by keeping things conversational. But certainly, if you start seeing or, or sensing some annoyance on their end, you, you've spent too much time on the subject. Now, I think the more important question you're trying to ask is when do I have enough information from the prospect around a specific subject? And that is a really, really tough question to answer because I think it's going to be specific to the prospect more so than it's gonna be specific to you. What I would say is this, if the prospect wants to keep talking about it, 
keep talking about it. Don't allow it to become a couch session. You're not a therapist. You're not there to just listen to them rant or, or be frustrated. But at the same time, as long as you're getting relevant information, as long as you're getting something out of the conversation, keep going with it. If the prospect doesn't seem to be having a hard time talking anymore, they're, they're, they're still going on and on about a subject, you're getting information from them about the subject, keep going with it. Ask more questions. I would also say that if you run out of questions to ask on a subject, then you've probably hit the limit. But certainly if it's something that they are either struggling with or they are spending a lot of time on or spending a lot of money on, or if it's something where, for instance, you start asking them about an aspect of human resources and they are unfamiliar with it, but they are getting this idea that, man, this is really something that they should know more about, don't hesitate to take some time and, and begin to some level or another educating them on why you're asking those questions, what the value is. See if that opens up the conversation more. But the, the best answer I can give you is as long as you're not frustrating them by asking the questions and as long as they are continuing to give you information and they seem very passionate or interested in the specific area that you're talking about, keep going, find the time, find the questions to ask and, and just keep digging in as long as you can. Um, there's usually going to be more information if the customer or the prospect is passionate about something. There's going to be more information the deeper you go. Take that time and figure it out. Thanks, Andrew. I really appreciate you answering these questions. I love challenging you, as you know, so I'm, I'm glad that they were a little bit difficult. But I think that this will help me a lot um, in, in my meetings in the future. So thanks again for having me on here, as it was very fun, and I hope to be a guest at one point in the future. Okay, thanks so much for being on the show and agreeing to be a guest. I appreciate it. Uh, I wish you a lot of luck with your end of year. I know you're trying to finish the year strong. You've already made President's Club at this point, and I know you're shooting to get a little higher, a little further with that, and obviously start your January off with a good start. So I wish you all the luck in the world, and I hope you keep listening, and I'm sure I'll have you back on the show at some point in the future. So once again, guys, I want to say thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. And as I had mentioned in last week's episode, the book, Selling From Why, is now available on Amazon and Kindle Marketplace. For those of you that want to get a little bit of a deeper understanding or want to go further than this podcast does into the idea of the sales process and methodology that I have created for the PEO salesperson. Again, thank you for listening. I will be back again next week with another episode. And in the meantime, happy selling.